Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. This is your host Taman Tiwana. And this is Kathy Thakur. And both of us love reading books. On this podcast, we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. Today, we are discussing Big Friendship by Aminato So and Anne Friedman, who also have a podcast like us, which is called Call Your Girlfriend. And in this book, they have discussed their friendship over the years and how they have continued to prioritize and grow their relationship, both professionally and personally. This is one of the very few books that talks about the ups and downs of close female friendships. A close friendship is one of the most influential and important relationships a human life can contain. Anyone will tell you that. But for all the rosy sentiments surrounding friendship, most people don't talk much about what it really takes to stay close for the long haul. Aminatu and Anne tell the story of their equally messy and life-affirming big friendship in an honest and hilarious way. Before getting into our discussion, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. They mention in the book that at a cultural level, there is a lot of lip service about friendship being this wonderful and important relationship, but not a lot of social support exists for protecting what's so precious about it. Like even deep lasting friendships sometimes need protection and repair. And I absolutely agree with this. I think people love to say how great friendships are or look back at them with this happy nostalgia. But I don't think there are any tools provided to us at a cultural level to navigate these relationships. Like when it comes to romantic relationships or marriage, there is a lot of common knowledge to fix things, like the signs of healthy or unhealthy relationships, or stuff like you should compromise, you should agree to disagree, or you know, basically conflict management. But I don't think any of it exists around friendships. Yeah. And how crazy it is that Aminatu and Anne went to therapy to revive their friendship. It sounds so funny. But then again, it could just be funny because we are not used to going to that length to, you know, save friendships. Couples therapy is super normalized, but friends therapy is unheard of. I know. And when I read about it, I felt like they were so brave and how much they must love each other to do this. I put myself in that situation. And if I were to fix things with a friend, I don't think I would be going to couples therapy. There's so much weirdness around it. It's not normal at all. Yeah, you're right. And also when it comes to family, I think it's like no matter what, you have to stick around. If you have a fight with a family member, the rest of family will mediate or... Even if not, you just know that you have to be in each other's lives and with time, you just have to forgive and let go. But what about friendships? I don't remember ever hearing any of this around this relationship. It is a relationship that we have chosen for ourselves and we definitely do value it, but it's still not considered a real one. In fact, it's sometimes deemed as one of those low priority ones, which you can just drop if it conflicts with your marriage, your career, your family, or sometimes even your ego. I can't tell you how many friendships I've seen just fizzle over really petty, trivial stuff. And I think that's because we just don't know how to handle it when things get difficult. We don't know how to have the difficult conversations. We don't know how to rekindle that friendship. Yeah, I don't know when was the last time I did that. Like, really made an effort to rekindle a friendship. 
if something like this happens we usually just give a cold shoulder or you know we ghost them and avoid all these difficult conversations just like you know stop responding and stop inviting these friends to our party that's all that happens and i think we have all heard of this concept of working on relationships when it comes to our romantic ones but my question is then why are our platonic relationships not prioritized ever when we know that they can be a big source of support and happiness for us another thing i have often questioned is that let's say a relationship is over for you everyone understands it's painful everyone understands you're hurt everyone understands you need to grieve and you will take time to get over it but if a friendship is over i don't think there's any support or understanding in that case like you are just supposed to be okay and unbothered by it you know when ann and aminatu said that friendship is a relationship that's equal in importance to romantic and family bond i really felt that like i just wish more people understood it yeah i agree there's a popular belief that as we grow either we don't need our friends so much or we just get out of this desire to make friends people get married they have kids they have demanding jobs and you know obviously their free time shrinks and the choice they make is to focus on these other quote unquote important things than trying to make new friends or trying to keep up with their friendships i personally don't think it is all true but i wanted to see what you think about it kathy yeah it kind of looks like a sad life if you don't want to meet new friends or learn about new people like can you imagine i mean i think it's definitely harder to make friends at the same level like you used to when you were younger but i don't know if i ever you know didn't have the desire to make friends or to meet new people actually when i moved to the bay area in 2018 i absolutely didn't know anyone here except for my husband I did a lot of effort to network and to make friends and to meet new people and I think it helped like I found you so mission accomplished <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to know more stories like that like how creative have people been in their search for friends there are different ways to meet people right like there's meetup groups there's also bumble for friends and at one point I was like I'm going to install bumble for friends because I really need someone else except for my husband to listen to all day <laughs> you know i know that feeling kathy and i have actually tried both of those things i have done meetup groups and i have also joined bumble for friends how was bumble for friends i think whatever you hear about modern dating applies to bumble for friends as well like it's awkward it's almost like you're going on a first date but it's just like a female this time and then you have these questions are what are your hobbies what are your interests and what do you do in your free time on your weekends and i think everyone in california just hikes on their weekends based on my experience <laughs> yeah i totally agree everyone's like and you know if you ask someone like what did you do this weekend or you know what are the options where should i go this weekend they're always like oh there are so many places to hike around here <laughs> i know it's almost like a cool thing like if you say you don't hike you are one of the uncool people here yeah and i'm like i don't like to hike i'm just a lazy person <laughs> is there something has to do <laughs> but yeah bumble for friends seems like actually you're right it seems like a dating thing right like you're going on a date with a with yeah a girl. absolutely and i think 
if you didn't have that instant connection which is anyway hard and unrealistic to expect it is just disappointing people will always make plans but there's no following through and i think that is a big problem there that a lot of people miss out on following through like it's so easy to say let's catch up again let's go for dinner sometime but are we actually following through with the commitments is the real thing there's when the whole reciprocal equation comes in play like if you're just saying things to me and never really coming through i'm sorry i don't think you are a good friend to me yeah i totally agree it's possible to go months without seeing a long time friend and still feel closer to them but i feel like new friendships require steady investments maybe that's why when you become older it becomes difficult to make friends because you know you get busy with other things in life like kids or jobs or whatever and also when we are young we are in school or college we are actually just thrown together with people for like 4 to 5 days a week so there is actually no need of this following through part but as we grow up i think we have to do it more consciously and that's where the real trick is right that's why i think most of my friends in the bay area are actually my work friends because they're like you know i meet them four to five days a week and <laughs> <laughs> there is no way like you know we are not becoming friends after that it's like a forced friendship <laughs> yeah i think forced friendships are the best ones because like family there's no way out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also while we're on the subject of following through let's talk about the cheap thrill of canceling plans last minute <laughs> <laughs> have you done this i think i have it's tempting for sure and i think our listeners probably know by now that i am a major introvert so my comfort zone is to be in my home reading books or watching tv there are days when it takes so much extra mental effort for me to just show up somewhere but over the years i think i have learned to stick to my word as much as possible because i also know how it feels to be at the receiving end of it Yeah, you know, I have mastered the art of canceling plans last minute. Like I'm not proud of it, but <laughs> this is a skill that I have developed in myself. But I think over the years I do make it a point to not to do that. Maybe it's because I have realized how difficult it is to actually keep connections growing. So I genuinely haven't canceled any plans the entire last year. And this year, well, there's no plans. So <laughs> your plans with me so you get full marks there oh wow yes <laughs> today's podcast is presented by podgo podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from podgo i recently joined as a member and you can too apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience that's podgo.co at p o d g o . c o one of the chapters in the book talks about trap door for racism which happens in interracial friendships have you had interracial close friendships i have had a few but i don't think i can call them really close friendships I always feel like my group isn't diverse enough. Part of the blame is on my college I think. It had mainly Indian students in the CS program. When I moved to Bay Area, it's like a mini India over here, right? So I, I know my, my entire experience in the US has been so much in the Indian community even without planning. So that has a big role to play. Regardless, I think I should be doing better, but I really don't know how. 
I actually made an effort to go out of my comfort zone and join diverse meetups. I told you, right? I joined Bumble for Friends. So I wasn't just sticking to Indian females over there. I was just swiping right on anybody and anyone I thought was interesting. But when I met people, it was a disappointing experience. Maybe because there was a lack of those me too moments where you find something in common and a friendship starts. Or maybe just due to lack of cultural commonalities. I think there's very little overlap. That makes it a real struggle to make friendships. Yeah, I agree. And I also like totally relate with what you said about your college being filled with Indians. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like my university was actually an Indian university that accepts American students. Like, you know, they... I know those were my thoughts. I was like, I came all this way to the US to just be in another India. And in the Bay Area, they're like meeting rooms that your offices are filled with Indian people. Like the, the entire teams are made of Indian people. I'm like, where, where am I? Am I in <laughs> India? or? <laughs> I know, India? Bay Area... Like you can have no homesickness because there's so much India here. Whether yeah. it's food or people, it's just like a mini version we have made for ourselves. I know. So Anne and Aminato have an interracial friendship. And they mentioned something called as, you know, trapdoor for racism, which is basically like in interracial friendships, both people know some things that they shouldn't talk about. But then there will be, you know, some incident that happens and the white person says, I think you, the non-white friend, are overreacting to whatever is happening right now. And that opens the trap door. So the black friend is supposed to reevaluate the friendship. And this brings up a really great point, I think, that a lot of white people are brought up in this environment where parents and teachers say that race doesn't matter and treat everyone as equal. But in reality... Kids don't make as many interracial friendships because there is just not as many people of other races available to them in schools or in neighborhoods. You're absolutely right. Reading about their challenges around race, their differences, and even how they overcame them, I just felt like it must have taken so much courage on their part to open up and then overcome these things. Like Anne, who is the white friend, she admitted to having a few moments where she had shame around finding out basic things about her black friend's culture. She felt she should already know these things and she didn't. But because of the lack of conversations or lack of knowledge, everybody has some kind of walls around them. And she also mentions that she googled how to pronounce her South Asian friend's names. When I read that, I was like, at least she googled them. (laughs) I have had my name butchered so many times. Some people just don't even bother to check with you or learn the correct pronunciation. I think my name is pretty simple. But even then, I have seen with some people that there is just this insistence on not learning or not bothering at all. For my name, it is so difficult to pronounce even for Indian people. So I'm like, okay, I can't even expect Americans or, you know... (laughs) white people to pronounce it so it's okay I've just given up I've accepted (laughs) have I been saying your name right or not (laughs) yeah yeah you have (laughs) you know and another thing is that this trapdoor of racism incident it mentions that we all have a duty to not just recognize that racist stereotypes exist but account for them without, you know, your non-white friend having to point that out. Yeah, absolutely. We can't put the burden of this on minorities or like non-white races. 
i think we all have our own responsibility of being more mindful for each other and to make active efforts to be supportive of our friends we can actually come from a place of making real connection you know instead of feeling shame or hatred jealousy or competition right and i think it will come with education with learning about their history and their upbringing also talking about being supportive of your friends there's a concept mentioned in the book called shine theory it's a practice of cultivating a spirit of genuine happiness and excitement when our friends are doing well and being there for them when they aren't isn't that great i love that concept i love that and i honestly believe we should all be taught this from a very young age yeah so basically when the world feels like a rat race and you feel that everything that you're doing is not enough shine theory asks to replace the impulse of competition with one of collaboration and i think that's such an important skill that was never developed in us as kids i think we were just fed this idea of scarcity that there is not enough there is only so much available and it just led to all this unnecessary competition interestingly even before i read about this shine theory i had started to adopt this abundance mindset where you believe that there is enough for all of us whether it's jobs or a space to create our businesses or start our creative endeavors or anything and i honestly feel that if we believe that then we can actually come from a place of love a place of support and not just be jealous or envious of others that's true and they have also mentioned that it's inevitable not to feel jealous when you see that there is someone or like your friend who has achieved so many things that you wanted to achieve but that's the thing about shine theory like it tells us that beyond that 10 second of jealousy we should come back into the feeling of collaboration and celebration for your friend or for that person and on that note i would like to invite all of you to practice shine theory in your life and we will talk more about this in our discussion with amina tu and am so this brings us to brownie points but before that let's give a shout out to our listener who left us a great review on apple podcast in this episode we would like to give a shout out to anaya she says that don't be misguided by the name this is so much more than just books i love how these two girls have blended their love for books with their experiences and culture new things to learn and in such a fun way thank you anaya that's so sweet thank you anaya this was so great and if you want to be included in our listener shout outs please leave us a review on apple podcasts now let's move to brownie points i would like to give one brownie point to this book because i love how the process of friendship is described in this book i know i really love that part where they describe the origin of friendship phase i think it's just so cute i also want to give a brownie point for the writing style in this book how they have adopted switching between individual narratives for both of them and then also formed a joint one i think that's very creative yeah i like that too it was enjoyable to read i think i also love how they had the element of turning to each other for professional advice and be each other's sounding board i feel that's very rare in friendships yeah that's true and finally i want to give one brownie point to aminatu's honesty around her chronic illness i respect her so much for sharing that because i personally felt that i have some chronic things of my own which require me to manage my lifestyle all the time i have no off days and 
sometimes i just want to like scream and vent out but something she said felt so true to me that no one has the capacity to listen to chronic venting of a chronic illness reading her account of this just made me feel so assured and supported and that i am not alone and that's why i just love her for it yeah that's actually true and it takes a lot of courage to write about you know some chronic illness that you have and i think she did a really great job yeah i agree so this was our discussion on the book big friendship by amina tuso and ann friedman we definitely encourage you all to pick it up it talks about close friendships how we build them how to maintain them and how to revive them if something goes wrong in your relationship thank you for listening to this episode of brown girls read podcast If you like what you hear, please leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm/browngirlsread/support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, browngirlsreadpod. And if you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on Instagram. For our next episode, we are bringing the authors of this book and then Amina to on our podcast. Don't forget to tune in, and until then, keep listening. listening.